Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life. From the ministry of Reverend Isaac Abzalabaz Awuni from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Generations and miracles. Today we are looking at the generation of worship. So we are talking about the power of worship. The power of worship. So let's look at um, um, Amos chapter 9, verse 11. Amos chapter 9, verse 11. In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is falling and close up the breaches thereof and I will raise up his rooms and I will build it as in the days of old. Hallelujah. The Bible said that in a day is coming, God is going to raise up the tabernacle of David and he will establish it because it is falling and he will make sure that this tabernacle will be like the days of David. And the tabernacle of David is the spirit of worship. Because the strength of David was worship. The ministry of David was worship. Hallelujah. David approached God with worship. David handled issues with worship. David confronted issues with worship. And God established that um, uh, um, covenant with David through to this day, that any time his people lift up worship unto him, his presence can be assessed. Hallelujah. So God said, in the days coming, he establishing the covenant or the tabernacle of David, which is the tabernacle of worship, or which is what? The worship of the Lord as a strength and a source of assessing his uh, power. Then let's look at us, gospel, the New Testament, Let's go to us of the gospel, chapter number, I think, um, is it 15 or 15, 15, 17. Say that, and to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, after this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David. Say, after the prophet, he said that after this, what is that? After the coming of Jesus Christ? And after the ascension of Jesus Christ, and after the coming of the Holy Ghost, he said, then I am coming back to establish the tabernacle of David. Remember in John chapter 4, when Jesus met the woman at Samaria at the well, and there was a confrontation between Jesus and the woman, and they were talking about all this kind of worship, and then one thing Jesus told the woman, the woman, listen to me, you guys don't even know the, what is worship. But I am now coming to establish a new and a way of worship. Which was that you, you doesn't know. And that true worship is to worship God in the spirit because he is a spirit. Hallelujah. And that was the worship of David. David didn't worship God by lips or by only songs, by lifting up of hands. But the worship of David comes from the heart. And the expressions are seen outside, either by lifting up his hands or all the expressions that goes with worship. Hallelujah. In our days, we think that worship are the amount of songs or the number of songs that is sung before the Lord and the good dancing or the good gimmicks that we can put before God. Somebody say error. Hallelujah. Worship is not the number of songs. Sometimes 
when we come to worship, you realize that a particular song can be raised and that song can take you up to the presence of God. And you want to stay there and worship God. And then the worship leader can change the song and it brings you down. Have you noticed it? Yes, that simply means that the worship leader is not in the spirit. Because if you are in the spirit, you know the levels at which you are carrying the people. Hallelujah. Because a worship leader or a pastor is like a bus driver who is walking on a rough road to an asphalt road and taking people to a destination. So you get to a place, you know that the road is rough and how you must handle the car and the steering. You get to a place, you know that you are on a perfect and a good road and you must maintain a level speed, a constant acceleration so that you zoom at a very good rate of speed and take the people smoothly, comfortable into where they are going. Sometimes worship leaders might know that at this level, they are surface. The people are within the range of God, the presence of God. Everybody is in the spirit. You don't need to tell them to lift up their hands. You don't need to tell them to bow down. You don't need them, them to fall down. The people just take up the worship and they are worshiping God. And you are just a facilitator guiding them that nothing bring them down. But at this point, if the worship leader change the song and all of a sudden you see that you are cut off and you come down. Sometimes I open my eyes and I know that this person is not in the spirit. Hallelujah. Because true worship is what? In the spirit. It's not by number of songs. But we think that true worship is the number of songs. So if we have 15 minutes or 20 minutes worship and we can sing 20 songs, it means we worship. It is an error. Sometimes you can use one song. Sometimes you will not even sing a song. The atmosphere, just worship the God. And you people will flow. That is what? True worship. And God, Jesus said, I will rebuild this tabernacle of David. After the coming of the Holy Spirit, that shall be a worship which is true and coming from the heart. Amen. Which is falling down and I will build it again, the rules thereof, and I will set it up. I will set it up. That means God is going to establish worship as a strong foundation, a strong pillar, and one of the weapons of the Christian battle and the Christian faith. Amen. So, worship was established by God in the days of David and it has, it has become one of the foundational and the source by which we assess the presence of God. Hallelujah. What does worship do to us? The interventions of worship. What does it do? When we go to worship, when we stand to worship, when we are before God in worship, why was God going to establish the tabernacle of David? What did worship do for David? And what is so peculiar about worshiping the Lord? Coming before the Lord and lying down, lifting up hands, raising up songs before God, which most of us don't do. Hallelujah. Aspect of the church, which does not have many patronize or patronage, is the worship period. Most people come to church when worship is over. You are on the wrong side of faith. Hallelujah. Prayer can do little for you. Worship can do a lot for you. Because prayer 
it's hard to do with your words and the amount of scriptures you can confront in the spiritual realm and get into the ears of God. But worship is a spiritual weapon, a spiritual tool that when you raise it, you go straight into the chamber of God. So he said by praise, they enter into my court. Hallelujah. So most of us must come back to worship because it does a lot of interventions in our life. And number one, is prayer, quality worship brings us victory in battles. People who worship God a lot, they always have victory in spiritual battles. They don't struggle to deal with a situation or to find answers to a situation. People who worship God a lot. Hallelujah. I spend much time worshiping the Lord than praying. If I'm praying for one hour, 30 minutes is worship. Hallelujah. 15 minutes is prayer. 15 minutes is declaration and confessions. Spend much time because worship brings me straight to the presence of God. I don't need to struggle. Sometimes in prayer you struggle. Your eyes, your this, your that, your that. But sometimes in worship it hits you right down in the spirit. Pick up your soul. Your body flows and you see that you are moving. Hallelujah. Hardly will you pray and cry. But it is easy to worship and cry. So it brings us victory in battles. Worship moves God to fight on our behalf. Worship. Hallelujah. It moves God to fight on our behalf. And you go to 2 Chronicles 20, 20. You see that sometimes there are battles that confront you and you know that you cannot fight it by your personal strength but worship will move God to fight it for you. Hallelujah. Those are the times most of us used to worship God in our bathroom. These days most people don't worship God again in bathroom. Hallelujah. These days in the bathroom we worship those hip life guys. If we come to you straight forward and you ask, give me one song. There is no storage of worship of the Lord inside my church. Sometimes at harder moments, you can't pray. There are times you can't pray. There are times you can't do anything. But listen to me. Whether you are sad, whether you are happy, you can always sing. Hallelujah. That is why God don't play with worship because by worship, you don't say that today I don't feel like singing or I don't feel like, you may not feel for it but when you open your mouth, there are songs to sing, there are songs to use to worship even when you don't feel like singing. In Chronicles, these are the children of Israel who were confronted with the Amalekites, the Philistines and the battle was so fierce that they could be destroyed. Jehoshaphat didn't know what to do. Set up the armies. They were going. Then God told him, he said, Jehoshaphat, hold on. If you pursue this fight, you are going to lose. But this is the strategy for the battle. Let all the military men, put them, all of them, somewhere. And let only the singers, let them come and let them be singing and praising the Lord. 
can you imagine your enemies are coming with guns they are coming with weapons they are coming to destroy you you are on your feet oh god and then god comes to you say stop and just be singing and dancing hallelujah Jehoshaphat came and said people of israel hold on armies of israel all of you retrieve come back to garrison bring me all the choristers bring me all the singers bring me all the instrumentalists so all of you march and let's go the children of israel said hey 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 jehoshaphat what are you saying where in the history of this country that you have seen that we go for battle with singers the singers are supposed to stay in the church and sing but war is for the military men don't interfere and kill us and our children the bible said that they contended and they could not believe that is why jehoshaphat came out and said hold on believe in the lord that you may establish but believe in his prophet that you prosper it is at that situation amen then the people said okay if the prophet has said it, let's do it. So all the military men retrieve. Then the singers took ahead and they were praising the Lord. Because he's good and his mercies endureth forevermore. And they were singing. Because he's good and his mercies endureth. They were just singing. And the armies, then while they were singing and praising the Lord, you can imagine how afraid they will be. You see guns, you see weapons, you know that there is not that they are military men, it's not a pastor is in front. You see, people have marshaled all these weapons. And quality that you are in front because he's good. While he is good, he'll be watching. Any slightest way, he will run away for his life. Hallelujah. Then the Bible said that God entered into the camp of the Philistines and turned them against themselves. So the confusion set in the camp and they started killing themselves. They started killing themselves. Until they totally destroyed themselves all. Then God told Joseph that now the armies should proceed. They entered to the camp of the Philistines. They were all dead. God has finished all of them. Hallelujah. I came to tell you that today as you lift up your hands and you stand to worship the Lord, every ambushment against your life, every demonic operation is against your life, every spiritual high place is planning against your life, worship will send a welfare. God will rise up and God will fight on your behalf. God will defeat them. God will set confusion in the camp of the enemies that are gathered on behalf to destroy your name and your life. Where the Lord will defeat them in Jesus' name. God totally destroyed them. Hallelujah. Number two, worship bring us breakthrough in strongholds. There are some strongholds. You have tried all you can. It's not. You've gone all the all nights that you can go. No results. You fast all the fasting you can. No result. You prayed all the prayer you can. No result. Hold on. Begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. I said, begin to what? Worship the Lord. There were certain times in my life I was facing some serious challenges. And I decided that I was no longer going to pray. Every day I was going to give God two 
hours, 40 minutes worship. So in the morning, I will, my time for morning devotion, after finishing studying my Bible, I will use the rest to worship God. Hallelujah. In the afternoon, during lunch hours, we will come into the auditorium and I will worship God for 40 minutes. Then in the night when I return, I will worship God one hour before I sleep. Every day I give God a tithe of worship out of the 24 hours. Hallelujah. Not long. I just didn't know where results were coming. I don't know where the breakthroughs were coming. Things started to fall in place. Hard times, difficult times, challenges, serious opposition started making way. Worship will always break strongholds down. Hallelujah. It activates the power of God to pull down. You know, the power of God is in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. And behold, I am with you at all times. When you are in the fire, I am with you. When you are in the storms, I am with you. When you go through the rivers, I am with you. Every time of your life, God is with you. So the presence of God is always with you. All you need to activate it so that if there's any challenges around you, it will take care of it for your life. When Israel came face to face with Jericho and they didn't know what to do. The Bible said that Jericho wall was 70 feet wide, 70 feet deep. And they didn't know what to do. And they were stuck. And between them and the promised land was the walls of Jericho. Number one, they have to cross the walls. Number two, they have to fight Jericho before they can enter into the promised land. But here they were confronted with this big wall and this big army. Remember when the spies came back, they told Moses, said, Moses, the people, they are strong. We saw the sounds of anarchy. The Bible said that some of them have six fingers. So that the two hands have 12 fingers. The legs have 12 toes. They were nine. Goliath was nine feet. And Goliath has brothers. Amen. He was nine feet. So you can imagine his brothers. Some of his brothers were 12 feet. Goliath has six fingers. So the children of Israel saw them and they can say, Moses, we dare not. In fact, Moses, when we saw them, we are like grasshoppers in our own eyes. You know that there's somebody, when you stand before to fight the person, you know that this battle you lose. You don't need to be told. Because when you assess your strength, you know that you can't. Hallelujah. Like a macho man, who, 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 the Ghanaian guy in UK who is building up, who's in Ghana. That they were interviewing. I saw this man say, does he have a wife? Because if your husband come with this muscles, he can just pick you and drop you somewhere. Hallelujah. So, Israel didn't know what to do. And then God came and said, that, you know something? When you try to fight this battle by your strength, you are going to lose. But this is what you must do. Go around the walls of Jericho with singing and praising. For seven times. And on the seventh time, just blow the trumpets. Seven times. It doesn't make sense. 
the things worship can do for you, it doesn't make sense. If you know the mystical power in worship, you wouldn't want to find out whether I must worship or whether I should be at the worship service or not. Hallelujah. When you come to worship service, you will concentrate and focus. In fact, nobody is going to be, sometimes I have a problem with people who are worshiping the Lord and their eyes are all over. Are you worshiping God? When you go to your boss in his or her office, do you go and stand and be looking and be turning and be walking around? But here we are talking about the holy presence, the holy atmosphere. You are standing in before the creator, before the maker, the one who just need a worship from your mouth and he will deal with the issues that are heavier than you can contain. We come and then we treat the worship service as if it is a music and a concert. Hallelujah. If I were you that I don't know how to pray. I will give everything out for worship. So Israel by Joshua gathered the minstrel and they were going round. Going round. They won. They were worshiping the Lord. He's a miracle working God. He's a miracle working God. He's a miracle. Go round the wall. Came home and sleep. The following day seven times and the seven times Moses said okay now those who can blow the trumpet join them so they joined them and while they went around seven times they shout they gave a loud shout the bible said that and the walls of Jericho fell down flat what you see listen to me if you have ever seen a 40 feet wall if it fell down if it break down you can't even cross because the pieces are going to be very huge. That scripture means that when the people worship the Lord and blow the trumpet, the wall was buried. It entered into the earth. So the whole ground became flat. That is what it means. So it's like we blow trumpet and this wall, it will just go down onto the earth and the whole place become. It also means that worship reveals the strength and the nakedness of your enemies. But that was their protection. By worship, God stripped them naked. God took away their covering. And God now told Israel, go and destroy them and take over. It was by worship. Hallelujah. You must change your mentality of worship. You must change how you treat worship. Amen. Let's go to how and when to worship. How and when to worship? Because most of the time you don't know ah, when is the right time for me to worship? How do I worship? To show you a little of how and when to worship. Number one, worship God frequently with music and meditations. Most of the time, worship God with music and meditation. Get a good sound. This, this dawn, when I wake up around 2.30, all I did was I was just listening to music and was lying there and was just following the music. Just following the music. Sometimes you see that all of a sudden the spirits will kick and tongues will come out from my lips. Then I'll speak in about 15 minutes. Then I'll go cool again. Then I'll be listening to the music. I'll be listening. Then you are stay up. Then you pray. You don't know what is happening in the realms of the spirit. Most of the time. Hallelujah. 
That is when you are going through constant spiritual attacks. The Bible speaks of King Saul. God is a funny God. The Bible said that when Saul rebelled against God, the spirit of God departed. God took his spirit out or away from him and God brought him an evil spirit. Sometimes God can bring you evil spirit. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> it's not all the spiritual battles, it's not all of them are from demons. Who. Some of them by reasons of your disobedience and your rebellion, God will stand aside and give you evil spirit to torment you until you change. Do you know what Saul said? Saul called Paul. He said there are some we should pray that they will be saved and release their flesh for the devil to torment. Said that in the church there are some people who are so troublesome. Then said that what the pastors must do is pray that their spirit will not be touched. They will be saved. They will not lose their salvation. But pray and release them for demons to torture them. Those who disturb and trouble the pastors in the church. That's advice. So sometimes pastors can decide to pray. Saving you will not fall, but you will go through torture. Until you say that now I surrender. I surrender all. Hallelujah. Remember God himself told the devil that for Job, don't touch his spirit, don't touch his salvation, but torment him. Hallelujah. Give me First Samuel chapter 16, 14 to 23. And let's, let's look at the story of King Saul and how worship helped him. Amen. First Samuel chapter 16 verse 14 to 23. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Evil spirit from who? Hallelujah. It's not every day. You see, Sometimes, you know, some of us, we pray and we, 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 our targets are wrong. Satan, I bind you. Witches, I bind you. Demons, I bind you. Listen to me. There are some of the troubles is coming from God. And let him tell you. And show you how to know that your trouble or the evils on you is from God or from Satan. It's from God when you constantly hear the word of God and it tells you that you must change and you stop to change. So if you know that what you are doing is wrong and constantly God is telling you stop, stop and you too rebelliously you say I won't stop. Every problem you go through is not from the, the devil, it's from God. He will teach you sense. He will not kill you. You will never backslide. You will never go to the world. You will come to church but you will go through fire. He will torture you until you repent and you give him all audience, all life and everything so that God knows that now I am in charge of your life. The Bible said that an evil spirit departed from, the spirit of God departed and when he departed, an evil spirit from the Lord. Does that mean that there are evil spirits with God? Yes! Not evil as to kill you, but evil as to torture you. Hallelujah. I believe strongly that Lucifer was an angel of light, but he was also part of the team of the evil spirit. 
is why wickedness could easily enter into him. Because those evil spirits, they come, they come from God to teach us sense. Hallelujah. Do you know that in Romans, he said, neither nakedness, famine, tribulation, hunger, shall separate us from the love of God. In all these things, we are more than what? Conquerors. It means that these things will come. Nakedness will come. Tribulation will come. Trouble will come. Famine will come. But they cannot separate us from the love of God. That means that sometimes God will let these things come. But they cannot separate us from God. So an evil spirit left. Came to trouble Saul. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Saul himself didn't know that it was evil spirit from what? God that was troubling him. Hello? He didn't know. But his servant know that it was evil spirit. Do you know that Naaman had a problem? And Naaman didn't know the source and the cure of his problem. Do you know that? And the servant came and said, Master, Master, I know this one, they forgive me, oh, Master. Master, like if you can go to Samaria, there's a prophet there called Elijah. Master, like this is your leprosy. It will go. Hey, shut up. Who told you? I said, Master, well, me have told you because I know this problem, Master. It's because of your stiff and your stubbornness that God has brought you. But God can heal you, Master, if you can humble yourself and go to the prophet. He was feeling too big, an enemy general. Me. Go to the prophet. No. The, the, the servant said, well, it's for your own good. If you go, it will help you. If you don't go, it will help you. He stood up and he went to Samaria. Then he went to the prophet. Then the prophet said, okay. Because Naaman was such a stubborn rebellion. He doesn't believe anything about God. And the prophet said, eh, God will teach you. God will break you. God will humble you. He said, you know something? Go and fall in that water seven times and you'll be clean. He said, hey, don't insult my personality. Are there no better swimming pool in my house? Are there no better rivers at where I'm coming from? And you are telling me to go and fall in this mud. But is that what? He said, well, you do it or you carry your leprosy. He was about to go and the same servant said, Master, Master, do you want your leprosy to be cured? Or you are looking for good water to swim? Hello? Church, the question is, do you want your problem to be solved? Or you want a nice and a gentle face and smell good in church? Do you want to swim in the presence of the Holy Spirit doing worship? So that God will take away your burdens and your problem. Or you want to look nice and smooth and, and makeup's nice, hairstyle nice, smelling good after church. Oh yeah, hello, praise you. Amen. Good. The church was nice. The issue of the army general and that of the pool of Bethesda is the same. It talk of the presence of worship. 
The Bible said an angel will come and trouble the water. Whoever will fall in first shall be saved. It's talking about a stirring atmosphere. Water that pond there was talking about the multitude of the people of God. And the presence of God, when it comes in, anybody who afraid to connect, they'll get a miracle. Say, so if you can do it. This man finally said, let's go. You know, sometimes we can be arrogantly obedient. Pastor cry, look at this light off. He said all night, light off, eh? May I won't go. Then he was lying there. Hey, Jesus, Pastor. Pastor sent us SMS in the morning. This evening to send us. I don't want to go, but then while you are you are you are you are doing that, you hear? Then you will get the prayer topic. You give money to somebody, and the day you gave that money, money has never stayed in your hands. In Jesus, oh God, when I'm holding, I will receive my money. That is arrogantly being obedient. But sometimes, listen, it will be better to be arrogant and obey than to be gentle and deny, rebel. Because your gentility will end you in a nice gentle death. But your arrogant obedience will help you to repent safely and believe God. The army general, even though he didn't want it, but he arrogantly obeyed. He went, look at the gutter. Look at the water. See, Jesus Christ. This prophet, is that how he takes me to be? This. Then the servant, then the master is taking the army cloak. At that time, listen to me. When God wants to prove his majesty and his power over you, he will strip you of all position, all, all clericals, all credentials, no matter your titles, he will strip everything naked and prove to you that he is the God who controls your life. The man put down the army general, the ropes, the credentials, everything was standing there. Then the boss, the master, inside, Look at him and say, if I go inside and I don't get well, listen to me, you will never worship God holy. You will never worship God quality. You will never come before the presence of God. Strip yourself naked. Open your heart to him. Lift up your hands and God will let you go home the same. He will surely attend to you. He will visit you. He will take care of your situation and he will prove his majesty and his might. He Drive, chua, came out, nothing. Chua, nothing. Chua, six times. He said, hey, you are joking with the power that I have. You know me, Naaman, captain of the armies of Syria. If you don't know, this is me. Servant, you better find a way to your mommy's house because you are the first that will be destroyed. The servant said, master, but it wouldn't be wrong. You've already done six. Why don't you do the seven? Fall in seven. The master, if nothing happened, then you have a case. He front the face and threw himself into the water. When he came out, the Bible said that his flesh became like a new baby. He had the smooth flesh. There was no mark. There was no scar. There was nothing on his body. Then he said, hey, is that how this God is? Now I know there's no God in Syria. There's no God all over the camps of the Philistine. There's no God all over the province that we are. There is only one God, the God of Elijah. 
the God Almighty, the God who can turn, the God who can make the skin that is corrupt to become flesh. Everybody from today in my army, in my house, we shall worship this God. The Bible said that, and this man began to run away to go to the prophet. He went there and bowed and said, prophet, I believe in your God. I believe in your God. He gave the prophet a gift like some of us who are in church. When we come to church, we are not interested in worshiping the Lord, but we are interested in the miracles of the worship. There was Gehazi. He wasn't interested of the power of worship that has what? Healed his boss, but he was interested of the miracles that has come to the palace and has come to the prophet. And the prophet said, that, go, I don't need it because freely was I given and freely I give unto you. Hallelujah. Today, people are running to worship God. God has given the miracles and pastors are charging and are taking money. Jesus is coming very soon. One day, Jesus entered into the temple in Jerusalem and people were selling anointing oil, selling cow, selling everything in the temple and Jesus whipped them. Today, they have started. They are selling anointing oil. They are exchanging money. They are selling water. They are selling animals and cows all in the name for the Christian who is coming for the remission of sin to buy from them. They are repeating what happened in Jerusalem and Jesus is coming with the king. He's coming with the king. Hallelujah. They are selling again. He's coming. This man was made clean. Then he came out. Hallelujah. He was made clean. Everything about him was made clean. His life was made clean. He was saved. It all came by what? Worship. So God sent an evil spirit to trouble Saul. Then the servant said, Saul! This is an evil spirit. Let's move on. Let our Lord now command thy servant which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an head. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Spiritual attack on somebody's life. They say, let's look for a man who can worship the Lord. And when he comes and is worshiping the Lord, the spirits of God will come and you'll be delivered. Hallelujah. Saul said, what are you talking about? He said, go bring me the man. They went and fetched David. And the Bible said that when the spirits of God will come upon, David will sit down and will be playing the head and will be singing. We playing the head and we singing. Then all of a sudden, the spiritual, the evil spirit will leave and Saul will be no man. Worship. Worship. When you are going through serious, difficult, tougher spiritual challenges, worship the Lord. Amen. Now go back. Worship the Lord. Some of us, there are challenges, there are troubles, there are problems we are going through and we don't know what to do. It's about time we go and what? Worship the Lord. We have to worship the Lord. Amen. We have to worship the Lord. It shouldn't be difficult for you to worship the Lord. It shouldn't be hard for you to worship the Lord. Amen. Most of the time when we come to church 
and we want to worship. We think that maybe we are doing God something good. But church, while we worship God, it is our own. We are doing good to our own. We are bringing our presence and we are calling the presence of God. And we are creating an atmosphere for God to intervene in our life. Hallelujah. Can we just pause in all this prayer, fasting, everything, and spend quality time to worship the Lord? I'm looking for a day that we come to church and the whole place doing worship service is full. And let's see how the power of God will do it for us. Hallelujah. It has happened to people. The Bible said that Hannah was going through tough times. They have prayed and do everything. There was no result. Hannah stood up and lie at the altar and before God worship the Lord. That first Samuel chapter 1 verse 19 to 20. When your life is in frustrations. She didn't know what to do. She got to the altar and lie down. And when we read first Samuel chapter 1 verse 20, the Bible said that and on the following morning, the husbands and the wife, they worshiped the Lord and they left. And in that same season, Hannah conceived and she had Samuel. Worship the Lord. Sometimes write all your problems and kneel down and lift up your hands and worship the Lord. Come before God. Church, we have done some serious things before. Some serious things before. There were times, Charlie, what man will eat? Where man will sleep? It wasn't easy. I told you, the nights around 11 that I have cooked cassava with salt and I was going to bath and I came this dog has kicked the cassava off the fire I was going to bath I've put this cassava I don't know how the dog kicked the cassava fall into the fire quench the fire and was lying in the muchia hallelujah and I was wearing nothing and tears were flowing and I was crying and I kept singing God is with me God will stretch forth his hand. God will never let me like this. I shall never go like this. God, I will worship you. Whether food or no food, I will worship you. Whether a place to sleep or no place. God, today my food has been put down with a dog, which is a curse, has kicked my food and was lying in the fire. The Bible said that where the fire go cold, flies take over. Flies has taken over my food. The fire is cold, but I will worship you. I will worship you. I will worship you. Church, today I have a deep freezer. I don't like the food in it. I have a fridge. I don't like the food in it. I have decided I am no more going to eat cold food. I am no more. I have enough. I can't eat. But some time ago, my food was kicked off the fire. I slept without food. But in that weather nakedness, weather famine, weather tribulations, I will worship up my God. I will lift up my eyes. I will lift up my hands. Forever I worship because one day he will satisfy me. He will satisfy you. He will prove himself strong. It shall never be like this. Hallelujah. 